Hi, Royals fans. This is J.J. Piccolo. The University of Kansas Health System is the official health care provider of the Kansas City Royals. And gone! Trust the same experts who make the right call for the Royals and go to kansashealthsystem.com slash royals. listening live to the program your teams your town your program to look back on that text from coach reed it's it's uh it's something to laugh about but it's it's crazy it's been a long uh, you know eight months or i guess 10 months since since that moment but um, we put a lot of hard work in and we're we're super excited for this opportunity yeah so listen we, we understand the, the reasoning behind it i mean we get it um uh and understandably so so i mean we, we we might not be the prettiest uh, bunch, but we, you know, we're gonna battle, and um, that's kind of been the personality of this team. I think for some guys, for sure. Um, I mean, we just haven't had that that aspect, so I kind of lit a fire. I think under some guys, uh, including myself, but. Um, at the end of the day, it's playoff games. Uh, I mean, you want to win. Uh, I mean, you, this is this is what you kind of play for. And I think that fire would have been, regardless if we were under the or not, that fire would have been lit. And now, a man who loves underdogs and hot dogs, corn dogs. I'm hungry. Seren Petro. Right you are, Kay. Right you are, Petro, on the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you for joining us for a Thursday edition. Warmer day. Got some clouds, but beautiful day outside. Hopefully you get a chance to get outside and enjoy it. Uh, a lot coming your way here today in the program. Program picks uh, with Pat Jack. He'll join us. We'll talk some prop bets. Uh, we'll talk some gambling philosophy. Uh, we won't pick the game yet. We'll wait till next week to pick the game. But we'll talk to uh, Fat Jack. Peter Yates Enoch joins us uh, in the 3 o'clock hour for the picks and Stump the Chumps. Uh, I actually like my questions. Mad scramble today <laughs> to get everything done. But uh, I like my questions. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. 4. 4 o'clock four. hour. We'll talk about the joy of being a Mizzou basketball fan. Oh, boy. Amongst other things. my uh, Turns out my double-digit win thing did not come to fruition. Did not materialize. They are definitively the worst team in the SEC now. They're a, yeah, they're a half game behind Vandy, who they play on Saturday. How about that? Is it, this has got to be about the latest. Vandy's got to win, right? No, they're they're zero seven. Oh, lost again okay. last night. Oh, Missouri zero eight. This is the brawl to settle it all. The war at the shore. I don't know how I'd, how I'd looked at it, but that's got to be about as late in a conference season as two teams have met, each looking for their first conference win. Is there any uh, forecast Bash for ice? For the crash. Yeah. Fourth time in Forecast Missouri. for ice where we could actually get this thing <laughs> called off and that could continue on. Fourth time in Missouri history they've begun 0-8 in conference play. Uh, we're going to talk about it more with Blair and Mike Sandoz coming up in the 5 o'clock hour talking NFL football. But um, Like, I, I believe that as for NFL teams, we haven't had to talk about this for a long time because Andy Reid's been here, and Chiefs have been really good. I think you're, we used to say in the old 16-game model, and I'll have to figure out what it's going to be, 
uh, maybe it's going to be six and eleven to eleven and six is the wash. What would you say? Six to ten and ten to ten and six mm-hmm. is the wash. You know, if you're in that range, six and ten, you could have been ten and six, but probably had some injuries yeah. and the schedule didn't smile on you. You caught teams at the wrong time as opposed yeah. to catching them at the right time. A couple of pluses or minuses away from five hundred. Yeah. You're, you're you're all pretty much the same five hundred yeah. clubs. Get to eleven uh, wins or or just five wins. Now you move out to where. You're definitively a winner. Well, you're 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 not in the wash anymore. Yeah, to me. Yeah, but it's right. twelve and up that I used to say was that's a good team. Yeah. You don't win twelve games. Nobody got lucky. Nobody lucked their way into twelve wins. Right. You're two games better than the wash. Or bad luck their way into twelve losses. That's always been one of your um, your yeah. measuring sticks for whether a coach could that's, or should. And be that's fired. what I was going to say. On the bottom end was you go four and twelve. You have twelve losses. Five and eleven is kind of no man's land. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what to do with it. But at four and twelve, you're fired. If you win only four games beyond your first season, uh, or some kind of clear. Listen, we had a great run. We're going to blow up the cap, and we're going to reset. And so it becomes the first year mm, of an X window, yeah, right, right. first year of an approach. Uh, if it's not that, and you win four games, you're fired. Like that, you failed, and you're not good enough. And there's no point in staying the course and waiting a year or two. It's kind of like on fields. Yeah, I have to come up with some statistical benchmarks on on quarterbacks, but. The idea that the Bears are three years into it with Fields, and we're not sure. Three years in it, not sure is, oh, we're sure he's not it. It's like when you're eight minutes into a review. Look, if you're eight minutes into it, you don't have definitive proof. Move on. Yeah. I mean, come on. Exactly. You know, let's 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 be reasonable here. So anyway, I, I think that, you know, with Mizzou... Is there a mark that it's like, listen, we had no intention of firing this guy. In fact, we thought we were going to be slapping an extension. But is there a a conference mark? If you don't win a conference game, can you press forward with that guy as your head coach? Yeah, regardless of what the, 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 the class he has coming in, I don't know that you can. I mean, and, and what is the... Um, what is the... What is the the excuse for it bottoming out. Like, I don't think they're going to go winless. I think they'll get a win. But we are going to be talking about, like, what, 1-15? How many did they play? 16? 18? 16? 16? Yeah. We are going to be talking about 1-15, 2-14. Right? So, before we get to whatever we're going to get to... I think they'll win four. I think they'll, I think they'll get four. Okay. They've been close to a couple. But what, what's four, the mark? Four and 12 is... Eh. What's the mark in your mind that you go, okay, this is the reset. This warrants pressing forward with Dennis Gates. And what's the mark where you go, if it's this bad in a year, he doesn't have the solutions, or is there nothing? Is there is there no mark? Is there is there no number? You know, we sat there with Bruce Weber and for by the a way, long time. The, the, I just looked at their eight, 18 conference. 18 conference games, not, okay. not 16. Okay. So, they were 11 and 7 last year. Okay, so, you know, Bruce Weber had good years, and then he had a couple of bad years. At some point, you have to have a, a line and say, here's where we are, this is what it has to be. Nobody set that line, and we got busy because football's going on. You know, when college football rolls around, we, we set all our, what gets them extended, what kicks can down the road, what gets them fired. We didn't do that with the college basketball coaches this year, and it's a lesson. We'll do it in the future because we would have our sheet, and we'd go look at it, and we'd go, okay, here's the deal, Right. So what 
do we what would you set it at? You got to do every year in college basketball to where or is there a, a, a conference record you can have where you go, that is so bad that this is doomed. If you failed this bad on this year, yeah. why would you think you can do all the things necessary to go win a conference championship, which I would think in basketball, isn't that the sport that Mizzou is supposed to have the easiest path mm-hmm. to succeeding in? And when the football program can win 10 wins, I'm sorry, but Eli Drinkwood's success, does it not show that, look, in the harder sport, second place to only Georgia, three quarters again, second year in a row with Georgia, the pre- what is now the top dog certainly in that division and I think especially with Nick Saban stepping away, the, the top dog in the conference, the harder sport for Mizzou to compete in football, they competed at the highest level. Didn't achieve the highest level, but they competed at the highest level in football. Do we or Have we changed our mind? No. Basketball is way harder to compete in than football. Because let me tell you something. I'll answer first. I am not there. No, I still same. think basketball would be an easier the SEC winning the SEC in basketball would be easier Mizzou for Mizzou than winning football for a number of reasons. De- depth of, of talent okay. and it's, so we it's, agree. It, to me, it's easier to rebuild a twelve man basketball team than it is a seventy five man football team. Yes, are you in agreement? Oh, yeah. all right. So we're all in agreement. We're all in agreement. So what is is there a mark that at the end of this year you look at and go, this doesn't work. We're out. And I'll, let me offer one more thing. Well, to whether I on. would or whether I think they would. You. Okay. They do what they do. Right. <laughs> we do what's right. Yes, exactly. Okay. They <laughs> can screw around over in the goof box all they want. Right. We, that's like everybody, that's not just Mizzou. We will set the standard. All right? May make your future. So I... I would offer this. Is it different now that there is a transfer portal and an IL? Because, yes, there is a record that maybe in the past you would say, that's so bad, you got to go. But now in an era where you can pretty much build an entirely new team in one offseason, because you know, in the past you're like, okay, this team did not win a conference game. We're three years away from being above 500 because we got to recruit all new kids. We got to run off kids. We got to get seasoning for those kids. We got to bring them together. Now you can bring in 10 seniors and be a competitive team. So does that change? That, like, yes. Mulligans should be granted much more frequently, much more willingly now, because a coach can say, all right, we're doing an about-face. I will push all of this out, and we will go get somebody new. So keep that in your mind. It is different now than even when Kim Anderson, who got multiple years down at the bottom, maybe now it is more of a cumulative, like, well, we know we can jumpstart it pretty quick. You go two years down at the bottom or two of three, and you say, well, this guy has no consistency. He can't. All he's doing is selling playing time. When it rock bottoms, he sells a bunch of playing time, gets some good players. We have some success. Was it second round? Yes. Uh, last, last year? Last year, yeah. Yeah, but they were wearing, I mean, were because upset. of an upset, they were wearing their white jerseys in the Yeah, they lost round. to Princeton, I think. Princeton, they lost to. Uh, you know, 
then, then you view that a little bit differently as well. I, I don't know. What, what, is there a mark this team needs to have? Because this was supposed to be the get right. Five and a half point favorites when we were on the air. I don't know what it tipped off at, but five and a half point favorites when we were on the air yesterday and a complete no show yet again. Um, I, I don't know that there is because of two things. One, but I'm thinking, oh, God, with 0 and 18. It's hard for me to put a number out there that I don't really think is possible. I guess 0 and 18. I might, I might, I, I, I probably would pull the plug at 0 and 18. One and 17, it's possible. Two or three wins. I, I, two things. One, because of the success he had last year, and because of the at least. Although I've been on the record many times as saying. I don't. The fact that he has a nice class coming in for, of high school kids is not the way you build championships now. But that's what he was. That's what he put together. Maybe let him play out that that next year and see what these kids are. But they better be really good. Four and fourteen. I think. I think you 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 stick with it. Two and three. You think about it. Zero or one. I might pull the plug. Zero. I probably. I probably do pull the plug. But it, I'm offering up a scenario that I don't think is actually realistically possible. Why? Are you seeing something on the floor that tells you when you get dusted by a one-win SEC team? You saw something last night? I don't think any I, – I, I would never predict that or any team Arkansas, would go Or you think Arkansas, who's been a notorious slow star in the SEC, yeah. maybe a team that finishes more like 7-11, and 11, Yeah. you know, 8-10, and 10, it's, and this, this loss isn't going to look near as traumatic as it does right now when they only had one win. It's, it's more just – I, there, there isn't a team that I would say they're going to win zero in league, particularly a team that does have at least some, a couple of good players. I would not. I that's just that's just an across the board. If it wouldn't matter which power five, whatever you want to call them, conference team, I would never predict any of them to ever go over. So that's that's why I don't think they're going to go over because I don't. It's damn near impossible to do. It's been done, but it's so rare that I would never expect it, at least particularly from a team that's coming off some success. So that, that's why I don't think over 0-18 is possible, realistically possible. But if it happens? I, I'm probably moving on. Okay. Do you think, to kind of further ask it in a different way, Curtis, do you think there's a, a level that is so bad, 0-18, whatever it is, that it, it – considerably lowers the ceiling you previously thought he had? Like oh, last yeah. year, I thought yeah. he could do they, this. But he's been so bad right now. now has lowered the ceiling a little, uh, uh, six inches. You know? Like last year, you're, you're, you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, okay, this team mm-hmm. is in his first year, he's doing this? Yeah. We, we found our guy who's a Final Four coach. Yeah, and, and I was, because in his first year he had that kind of success. Yeah, and, and all year I was I was never quite as on board with we got the guy for you know it's going to lead us to great success as a lot of Missouri fans. I was still just because so much of it was done with on the backs of a, a back of a player in particular who for whom he did not have any responsibility in landing Kobe Brown, Des Moines Hodge, yes, but. When so much of their success last year was Kobe, go get me twenty five, and he'd go get twenty five, and that guy is just gone. How do you rebuild that part of it? How, where do you, where do you put those get those points from? I came into this year kind of going, mm, I don't really know. I did not have particularly high hopes for 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 this squad coming in. I <laughs> didn't think they'd be zero and eight, but I didn't see him. I thought this was going to be a major step back year, maybe. 
some of the guys would hit in the in the portal, and then that would but that would set them up maybe for a rebound next year. Um, so my, the, to me, zero and eight has already lowered the ceiling. If it continues, if if he goes four and fourteen, considerably lowers what I think he can do there because the the hope for next year is built on something that I don't. He, he's using an outmoded form of currency with high school recruits. He needs to find a way to do what his other coach at Mizzou is doing and kick ass in the portal. Eli's killing it in the portal. And to this point, the only thing he's that uh, Dennis Gates has gotten that's proven finally is Tamar Bates, and he was phenomenal last night with no help. Um, that's that's a major concern. If he had a great – look like he might have a great portal coming in, but he, you can't really look at that for you know, a year in advance. That's that's the question I have is 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 one he has to have a bounce back year next year and the only thing he's got is currency that to me is kind of outmoded in modern basketball. Are, are guys getting better? No, not, none of the guys I've seen have really gotten better. I mean, Tamar Bates has gotten better, but he was a, you know better from where he was yeah. earlier this yeah. year. But he's he's throwing he, and he he was doing nothing and suddenly he's twenty a game. Um, and the, since, since he's kind of took off, he's he had twenty eight last night. He, he's been a he's been their best player by a wide margin for to the last ten or twelve games. I, I don't know. He's a complete unknown. He barely played at Indiana. Yeah, but you watch him play, you're like, okay. No, I, he's got I, I the, agree. The mid mid range game is just phenomenal. No, he's I, I like but, his talent, and I'm not I'm not. Oh, I know. I'm not disagreeing with bringing him in. Right, right. I'm just saying we don't really know if he's any better now than the day he stepped on campus. Yeah. But he was yeah. you know, he was playing a little bit and just didn't seem to be finding anything and suddenly he kind of just took off. But I don't think Aiden Shaw hasn't gotten better. I mean, I, it's a dump in the Cheerios. There's no way around it. Like huge. you know, I think Mizzou fans thought there might be a step back. I think there was optimism when the season ended. Okay, he'll be back in the portal. We'll get some other kick-ass guys, and we'll be just as good and onward and upward. Yeah. When you and go out, said it's 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 bottoming out. Yeah. When you go out and say we're going to get this seven five guy to to be a rim protector, and he just does nothing. I have he's never the worst seven five rim protector I've ever seen. They go right by him. Yes, he seems afraid uh, that he might touch he somebody. Has no idea what direction to go. Um, and I was texting back and forth with with Jason Anderson last night, and I mentioned that thing to him. He said, "I've never seen a skinny seven five athlete with flabby arms. That's kind of weird." With what flabby arms? Like he has flabby. How, how are you a twenty one year old seven five guy who's thin but has flabby arms? That's weird. Um, he has no. He's not instinctual at all. It doesn't seem to be. And. You know, when Dennis Gates spoke a couple of days ago about what he, what they needed to do, he described all these things that by the seventh game of the conference season, you shouldn't have to have a laundry list. Oh, we, if we can do better at these fourteen things, we'll have a chance to win against this one and six team in our barn. Well, now you know why when there's a post game press conference, he barely lets the kids talk. <laughs> right. Like he answers one of the big, you know, things that the people that the the beat guys have told me are because I'm not I'm not running down there for this one. Uh, like you ask a player a question, and almost yeah, all the time he's like, "I'll answer that." Well, why do you even bring these kids out here then? Yeah, I mean, it's probably required, but I guess that's a loophole he's found. We got to send send him out there, but there's no, I guess there's no edict that says they have to actually answer the question. They just have to I be mean, in front of the press. I'm, I'm not sure. Like what the you're, rules you're are. a rim protector, you do nothing on offense. I don't care if you foul out. Nobody gets a bucket in at the rim. And they, at one point, they led 
They led 40 to 10 in fast break points. I think it ended like 56 30. They got some late. They being the uh, Missouri got some late to kind of narrow narrow the uh, uh the, the gap, but it, it, at one point I looked down and it was 40 to 10 in fast break po- or, or uh, points in the paint. 40 to 10. Yeah. How? Yeah, they stopped. Now they, it was it was, it was a, 30 was the final mark. It was brutal because Arkansas has been a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And they looked like it it was like they're a Elite 18. What you said about, not about Bates, but the fact that Bates was the only one you mentioned when Seren asked about improvement, Curtis, would... Well, Aiden Shaw is the other guy. And and, and that that really concerned me if I'm a Missouri fan, because if if you're going, if if Gates is going the high school... He didn't recruit Shaw, right? Uh, no, he Conzo recruited yeah. Shaw, but and he then, kept Shaw. Yeah, and then Shaw backed out and then recommitted. Right. Okay. And so if, it, but if if high school is the reason, the way he's going, either by necessity because he couldn't get portal guys, or by choice, by this point, we have to see development. Exactly. Yeah. By yes. this point in the year, you should be able to watch these freshmen and go, well, he didn't do, he couldn't do that in November. That's freaking awesome. Good for him. And if you're not seeing that, that's bad, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, that that was a rough one last night. You lay five and a half. Supposed to be your get-right game against another team that's really struggling. And you, you come off that game and then lose to Vanderbilt? Mm-hmm. They'd be the third team ever to go 0-9. Uh, nobody cares about this conversation except for a handful of us. I, 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 I understand. I didn't intend to spend this much time on it. But I am intrigued. I, I, I don't – when have we seen a fall? Something that looked so good. No. For twelve months, yeah, you know, from his his, he won the press conference too, not to the Jerome Tang level. No one ever has to the Jerome Tang level, but he sure as hell was a big winner at the at the press conference. I stood at the Tiger Club before the basketball season started, talked about has it ever looked better? When would it look better than this? Because Mizzou was six or seven and zero in football, and you're coming off what Dennis Gates did last year, and no one saw this. Because the only other three 0-8 teams, this will be my final quote, that they've ever had, Kim Anderson in 17, his last year, Bob Venata in 1967, the last year before Norm Stewart took over, and Sparky Stalkup in 1959. Those are the only other three teams in Missouri history that have begun 0-8 Rough days. In a conference play. Rough days. 913-3810-810. The phone number 913-3810-810. We'll take a break. Uh, come back. Uh, we'll get into some cheese football next. 913-3810-810. Hit me up on the Twitter, at Soren Petro, S-O-R-E-N-P-E-T-R-O. All right, welcome back here in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We talk some Chiefs football here in the uh, program. Um Chiefs getting ready to go to the uh, Super Bowl. We heard from Patrick Mahomes today. By the way, was that not one of Patrick Mahomes' more colorful, more entertaining press conferences? Yeah, yeah. He was he, a lot of a lot of his answers are generally someone who cuts a lot of sound. There's a lot of 22 second things ending in uh, you know. Just excited for the challenge. Excited for it. Uh, tell me, beyond the obvious, not playing Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. How does a team go from minus 23 in the regular season to what are the Chiefs now in the postseason? On penalties? Uh, um, uh, yeah, in penalties. Uh, plus 11. Plus 11. 21 to 10. No, we don't have Kadarius Tony lining up offsides anymore. Mm. But how do they go from from being 
massively, you know, drawing way more penalties than their opponents to now tightening it up. So many of, and I looked, you know, that being minus twenty three, it was a lot of it was because almost very few penalties were called against the Chiefs' opponents. Their ninety six penalties on the year ranks them, I think, it was like nineteenth most. They were in the bottom half actually of teams getting penalized, um, but only seventy. Three, uh, 74, or three against them was really low. So maybe the, the people started throwing flags on the opposing team a little bit more. But the, the main areas I think they cleaned up the most was one of the – they were the most penalized offensive line in football. Um, and they have certainly cut out those – uh, to a large degree, they had the two back-to-backs uh, in Baltimore on Sunday. But Jawan Taylor isn't a penalty machine, and Donovan Smith, Smith, uh, Smith's been pretty good. For the most part, the offensive line is, has uh, done really well at not drawing flags in the three postseason games. And they haven't gotten that many um, uh, in pass coverage either. And some people, would, you know, outsiders would say that they've been getting a kiss from the, the officials. I don't buy that. Um, they, they're, they're good. So I think they've they've kind of tightened up both the areas in which I think they they drew a lot of flags earlier earlier in the season. I think some of it is the refs keep the flags in their pocket. That's true, right? I think that's part of it. But the other team is is getting penalties yeah. as well, and I think part of it is I still come back to it. Looks to me like with the game against the Bengals, Andy Reid had been coaching this team to reach what he thought its ceiling was. Mm-hmm. And with the Bengals game, they shifted gears and began to coach this team based upon what it is. And I don't know that that's, you know, should he have done that sooner? I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe he's got it just perfect because he clearly looked at it and said, okay, the number one seed's not everything. And here they sit. So the idea that they have to have the one seed to get the bye, to get the home games, not true. Because here they are back in and now. If they fall flat and they look worn out and exhausted and the 49ers look fresh and blow their doors off, we'll revisit that. But right now, with an extra week to get rest and presumably, hopefully, bring yourself back to where they are, I, I think you feel like, no, the pursuit of being all you can be and then becoming the best of what you are coming down the stretch seems like it was like pressing perfect buttons. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been hearing a lot of. I'm not saying this is. I'm not trying to characterize your Oregon, but I've heard a lot of the, that the that the Chiefs kind of Golden State warriored their way through this regular season. I don't think that's probably too simple to be true. In that there were tangible, systematic, you know, structural and strategical issues for the Chiefs that seemed to manifest itself in the most obvious form, the most condensed form in that Christmas Day game to the where the point where they went. All right, we've got to make some major alterations, or we're not going anywhere in in, in in January. And they made those alterations, and they've been successful. Well, that that that, that, mindset, that, that I think is a large part of it. That mindset that you, I, I agree. I don't buy the we just mailed it in thing. Yeah, because, because they they went to the Super Bowl in nineteen, yeah. tried to get there in twenty, didn't get there and, and got there, but failed in the game. Mm-hmm. Didn't go in twenty one. We're back last year. We've seen them right well, but because they've been now, they, they, you know, and then that's that's fueled by Travis Kelsey's comments on his pad, podcast. Yeah, but I, I think everybody has a hard time getting up for bad teams. That's what I see more. Once you put the pads on and you go through up the hot ass weeks of August and you know mm-hmm. beginning of September, like once you get to the season, the game. That's the fun part, right? The games. Yeah. 
And and like, do you take it, an opponent serious? No, I, I definitely believe in look aheads and letdowns. Sure, but I'm not buying the we only care about the playoff thing. One of the re- main reasons is that the NBA playoffs is not the same as the NFL playoffs. The NBA playoffs, you're essentially, even if you're the lower seed, the higher seed, the lower seed, I guess, the worst seed, you get the home court for about eighty percent of the games, or no, about about forty percent of the games. You're you're pretty good, three out of seven. In football, it's all or nothing. If every single season, a series in the NBA postseason was whoever has the higher seed gets all seven at home. Probably wouldn't see teams do what the Warriors did in, during their prime, where they kind of yeah. said, "Let's just get to the postseason and rock." They'd want the home court, and, and it's it's almost an even split in football. It's all one way or the other. I don't think there's any way that they thought, "Ah, we'll get we'll go on the road twice. It'd be no no big deal. We'll just tune it up." It it worked out that way, but I can't believe that was in any way the strategy. I think it's more what you pointed to, just the difficulty of getting up for game after game after game against teams that are often difficult to get up for. I think uh, one of the things that's bode well for this team, too, is bringing in three new guys on defense. Right? I, I mm-hmm. think having, you know, Mike Edwards, but especially Drew Tranquil and Charles Amenehu, bringing in new guys that are good players. First and foremost, let's be clear. Just don't bring in someone to bring in someone. But bringing in good players that are hungry, I think is important. Oh, sure. And I think that's been a big part why that unit yep. has been fantastic. Yep. And in every one of these uh, Super Bowl teams, there's been some form of that. I mean, a lot of what sprung that 19 team was some new new blood. Same thing last year, same thing this year. So, uh, and particularly on the defensive side, I agree. Have, having a good combination of guys who know what it's like and know how to handle those games, but also guys who are like, hey, I kind of want some of that too, to kind of push that, to have that edge. It's a really good mix. Can we rule out that the commercials – are not a problem, or will we say, no, they were part of the, well, we're, we're only worried about the postseason, and they, they were a distraction. It's just when they finally got like, oh, wait a minute, we're actually not that far in front of the Denver Broncos for this division. But that was the wake-up call. Yeah, I, I think They the had reality. a deadline that finally hit. Yeah. But And so do we think all the commercials were are a problem? Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey are in a lot of commercials. Yeah. Um not really, because I mean, Mahomes has been in a lot of commercials since the day he got here. No, oh, well, no since eighteen, since after the first that first MVP season. He yes, was. after that, yeah. but not. But he's been well, and he hasn't been that good statistically since. Well, I, I think more of that is league adjustment. I, I'm just than, saying, than, if, if you want yeah. to poke holes in it, right, right. The idea that it was that that oh, he's been doing this all along. He has not been doing right. it all along. Right. And secondary, and it's built on it. And the idea that oh no, he's been the same well not statistically yeah. i'm with you i think teams have done other things he's lost tyree kill there's lots of reason why his numbers aren't 5050 every year yeah. I, mean, I remember the guy great guy called in and said well i think he's going to average like you know he can be 5050 in his first year he's going to average like 6060 right every year this will be the the floor no way the league will adjust well and, and just the idea that he'll just get so much better right. and and i think you know we, we found and we said uh Dan Marino never recaptured his five thousand yard season. Like yeah. they don't. Just, I mean, he was he was ten and zero through two weeks, <laughs> ten yeah. touchdowns. That, that's that jump that fifty twenty percent of them were in the first two games he played. Yes, but but um, I don't know. I I am intrigued by 
You know, is it like, okay, you can have fun and kind of goof off, and if we put it together for the last four, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter where we play, that's all that matters, as long as we're not pressed in the AFC West. Yeah. Let's have a good time. Let's work on things. Let's try to get better. Then nitty-gritty time, we'll make this thing go. Yeah. I, I think everything is a factor to some extent or the other. And I do think that the, that, that the commercial stuff, it can't not be a factor. It can't be a non-factor. It has to have some impact. Why? I just, if, you're not, if you're not, I mean, theoretically. I mean, just, just, just the, time, not, the time where the, you're doing something, one thing and not another thing. I, I can see how it, it might be 1% or half a percent. But everything that you do that isn't football, to some extent, is maybe a, is a factor. I just don't think it, it was a, it, it played any meaningful role in the issues. Yeah, I, I, would say, I would just say, like, well, when he's feeding his kids, he's not playing football. Right, right. So, I mean, true. there are no one. But, but every every player does. Every player, you know, almost every yeah. player has to, has to feed their kids. On everyone has to feed their kids, and then go do five commercials. Uh, he was asked today about. Uh, do you have this one? Um, uh, him on the on. It wasn't. It wasn't a big football one, so probably not. But he was asked about. Did he notice when he was in Germany that oh, no, he's on billboards and or he's on commercials? There, he said, "I saw it. People showed it to me, and I think that was probably promoting the game." Oh, yeah. I don't know how much, because I, I, I can tell you I was in Germany uh, this past summer, and I did not see a Patrick Mahomes poster. Yeah. MVB. Or, yeah, that, that was not anywhere. I think that was associated with the games. But once he was coming, people knew who he was in Germany, that he's an international mm-hmm. star. He's going to be an international star whether he films a commercial or not. Yep. So, That's you true. know, this year is an amazing Reminder that just because the season's not going the way you want it to go doesn't mean you can't get there. Right? Yeah. And the, the 2020 Super Bowl against the Bucks was an amazing reminder that just because it's been going great all year doesn't mean it's going to go great in that last game. Because mm-hmm. there's a ton of confidence now. ton of confidence now that this team is going to win and going to handle San Francisco. Yep. but I And it, they were not playing... Good football most of this year. Yeah, true. I, I, I don't. I don't think um, they themselves are going to be. I don't think it's a danger spot for them that they're going to walk in and say, "Hey, man, we're, we just won at Baltimore, not Buffalo. We're good." I don't think Patrick Mahomes will ever let that. But will ever let that happen to his team in a game that important. I think he is the ultimate competitive engine. He runs everything. On that offense, he probably he basically is is the, the the pivot point for everyone in that locker room, and that's why the Chiefs are in a wonderful spot because that's what you'd want. You'd want the best, the most important player in your franchise to be the most competitive player in that regard. Everyone, nobody wants to disappoint fifteen. They don't want to ever get that look or or just that feeling that oh man, I, I let Pat down, and so. There can't be a stronger impact on a locker room than what he has in that regard. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. You got to see the look on his face. I'm like, is that like, I want to chime in, or is that like, <laughs> I'm I, perp- I, I, I never can see you, what did Curtis slip into Yiddish, and I just somehow <laughs> understood it. Like that, that is the most perplexed look you've ever had, and you keep eyeballing Curtis. Like, did I say something? I was looking at the person talking. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see what he did. I never. Oh, I never no, he just had this like it was like a like. I, I was, he, he was considering seriously. You're not what agreeing I said. with it, or no, no. I was He's just sort brilliant. of looking. I no. I it wasn't a, a. My face wasn't a commentary on his on his words. He was like he. That's brilliant. I do think there's an element 
for maybe the non-Mahomes guys of turning it on in the playoffs, though. I, I think they're people, and I think there is a – they weren't taking things as Which ones? Earlier. I think Juwan Taylor comes to mind immediately. I just can't think of another reason. How could how could you? But it's like, uh, and I'm and maybe you're right, but how could the guy be Juwan Taylor, a guy who's played in two playoff games in his entire career before this year? He's the guy that was waiting to turn it on. I don't think he was. I I don't think he was waiting to turn it on in the sense of oh, I can just screw off and not care uh, about. You know the the regular season. I think he came into this regular season with the level at which he played, and it took him a long time to realize, oh, this is what it means to be on a championship team. This is the level it takes to p- play on this at, at this level. I, I've never known what it takes you to play at a championship level before, and it took him. 14 games surrounded by it to go, yeah, oh, this is what that is. That mindset was for, was forced on him, not one that he just decided, okay, I'm going to crank it up now. He kind of looked around and went, oh, damn, this is big. I, I better step it up. And he had two years of, or how many years? Two, he, was, he was with Jackson. He was in the playoffs years. last year, yeah. Yeah, he was in the playoffs last year. Yes, but I, I, he wasn't on a team that was expecting to win a championship. So when you spend a couple no, he's on a team that picked number one. Two yeah. years in a row, and and so yeah, right. I think when you spend a couple years developing habits in that environment, it takes a bit to change into the habits of the Chiefs' environment. That's which, interesting. Which may or yeah. may not have played a role in some of his early struggles, not understanding quite what the the enormity of every single snap when you're playing for this team, you can't take snaps off, and maybe it took getting to the postseason for him to to unlock something because he's been. Pretty darn good through three games. I, I don't hear his name. You don't hear offsides or holding or or you know lined up in the wrong spot. He hasn't been been beaten for sacks. I think it's, it's not, has hasn't played a small role in their success. The fact they haven't yeah. turned the ball over in the postseason, or he hasn't. Mahomes hasn't. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree. Um, Hope it continues for one more game because he's going to have his hands full on Super Sunday for sure. You know, Travis Kelsey says, "Yeah, hey, you know." Yes, we, we we step it up when we when we get to this point. Like, you know, it's, uh, how did he put it? It's tough to get up for all the games, or mm-hmm. how, however he however he said it. I've but, got it right here if you want it. Yeah, play, play that. Play that. It was from the uh, his his podcast, him and Jason's podcast. We played it. Lebo played it yesterday. I think. Let me hear it. I think there's just that 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 flip of the switch that you you kind of turn on in December. Yeah. Sense of urgency. You know, you want to try and have that switch for the entire year, but it's a 17 game season, man. Sometimes it's just, I mean, it's hard, man. It's hard, especially after 11 years getting excited for a random game in, in November where you know you're about to wax this team. It's hard to <laughs> get it going every single week. And, um, yeah. this year it was, it was, it was harder than ever because we weren't winning those games and we were trying to find ways to win and we were kicking ourselves in the foot and we're finally getting the juices going. We're finally playing our best ball at the right time. And how can you not get excited about that? You know, the, the, how can you not wake up every single day knowing that you got a chance to go and get this thing, man? It's electric. It's, it's the best feeling in the world, man. There's nothing better than January and February football, baby. And, uh, yeah, we're in the thick of it, man. I mean, you know, beep and A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, when you see Patrick Mahomes out there playing, does it look like any game looks less important to him? He is not. Yeah, he, I think, is an exception, though. He's not a common person. Yeah. And, and, and the guys who play, 
they're not common people in the sense of physical abilities. Like a, a tackle in the NFL is not a typical human and how he's built. But I think of, of the of the non-Mahomes guys on the roster, there is a common human mindset of, you know, it's midway through the season. I can hit the snooze button a little bit. Mahomes doesn't hit the snooze button, but I think yeah. a lot of guys on every team do. Mahomes is essentially Michael Jordan yeah. with a helmet. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put there's it. There's no, there's never any let up. I mean, he's already buying into other sports teams. Yeah. He's not waiting to go and be Michael Jordan after his career. He's already begun the Michael Jordan process now. There's a reason why he has won as many AFC championship games as he has had double-digit losses in his career. Think about that. (laughs) Repeat it to yourselves out there. He has as many AFC championship game wins as he has double-digit losses. Yeah, that's... The numbers are freakish. <laughs> yes. The numbers are freakish. But it's because of that part of his personality. All right, let's take a break. Uh, give you a chance to talk about a, uh, a great opportunity uh, for you to have a great keepsake from this fantastic run. Uh, Bob Dunk from Nyko Sports joins us next. Welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Seren Petro with you as we continue to get ready for the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, seems like it's a long way away as we're still more than a week away. And, of course, everybody wants to celebrate the uh, team's great success. Uh, we are very fortunate to give you an opportunity to celebrate it and remember it. Uh, decorate your man cave. Maybe it's your office. If you're the ultimate Chiefs fan, we've got the ultimate, uh, you know, way to celebrate this championship. Let's welcome Bob Dunk from Nyko Sports here. Uh, Bob, how are you, sir? Hey, Saran, it's always a pleasure to be with you. One of my favorite broadcasters, and I, I envy you going out to uh, to Vegas and being on uh, the radio row with something I did for many, many years of my own broadcasting career uh, years ago. And this this year, you know, back-to-back, if, if uh, the – if the Chiefs could pull it off, it'd be the first time I believe in like 19 years since the Patriots did it. Yeah, and uh, it's an amazing accomplishment for this team, and I know it's going to be a great game. I mean, uh, you, you're going to have Mahomes against Purdy and so forth. There's so many other backstories on this, but I think one of the cool things is for fans who can't get out there and pay all that kind of money to have something that you'll be able to remember the Super Bowl by. And what I'm talking about is a full size. Licensed Super Bowl football. And uh, only 5,000 of these will ever be made. They always sell out. So when I give out that phone number and website in a couple minutes, um, you may want to jump on this sooner than later. A portion of the proceeds are going to go ahead and help a great charity. We always tie it in with charity work. It's called CASA, C-A-S-A. It's for court-appointed special advocates. They're volunteers uh, in the community who stand up and speak out to help children who have experienced abuse or neglect. So just a great charity, and we've raised over $3.2 million for charities uh, associated with children in the last six years. I know your show has been a big part of that. Now, everything on these footballs is embossed on the various panels, which will keep them pristine looking for years to come. You'll get a numbered certificate of authenticity. They're $119.95 each, again, only 5,000 will ever be made. And with all the hoopla being attached to, you know, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, uh, all her Swifties are looking into this, I hear, to get these footballs. So they will go quickly. 
Um, the top panel on the ball, before I give out the phone number and the website, will have the 2023 season schedule uh, with the scores, the dates, the opponents, in chronological order. In the center of that is the Chiefs helmet logo. Right below that is a, a panel of stadium history, the Super Bowl 58 official logo and Roman numerals, the AFC logo, and championship history for the Chiefs, including their three previous Super Bowl titles. And the last panel, I think, is a really cool part of the football. We have action images in color of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey next to their stats. And, of course, with Mahomes' 14 playoff victories leading all-time quarterbacks, the active quarterbacks. And Kelsey, of course, just set that record for most receptions in the postseason. All that cool information will be on that panel. So here's how you can get it and go help out a great charity in the community. The toll-free number is 800-345-2868. That's 800-345-2868. Or go right to NICO Sports, N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. Or again, that number one eight hundred three four five twenty eight sixty eight. These will take about uh, six to eight weeks to get to you, a little longer because of the embossing process. But you'll benefit from it because you can get these footballs now, and ten years from now they'll look pristine looking. Yeah, that is perfect. And you mentioned uh, with the smaller stadium, uh, the Vegas stadium is not as big. Uh, the price on Super Bowl tickets, like the face value, is three to six thousand dollars in addition to all the oh, travel. I- and that's if you get it at face value, which nobody's going to get at face value. But if you want a little piece of it, uh, this would be significantly less than three to six thousand dollars. You're you're absolutely correct. And I, you know, I go back. To my years when I was with the Baltimore Sun and the Washington Post and covered Super Bowls, I have to tell you in uh, closing that I remember being, uh, I think it was out in California when we had the first radio row, and it was held inside of a uh, hotel uh, suite. There's only about 12 of us. <laughs> yeah. We brought in the ball players to be interviewed and everything else. That was the start of Radio Row. And as you know how far it's grown now, you're going to be uh, you're going to be in, in, uh, engulfed in a lot of uh, activity when you get to Vegas. Yeah, uh, it, it is a very different thing now. It just seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, of course, the Chiefs are back historically uh, fighting for their third championship here in just uh, five years, playing in their fourth Super Bowl. And if you are the ultimate, you want the ultimate uh, way to uh, celebrate it, have it there. Like I said, I think it'd be perfect in an office, in a man cave. If you think you've got the ultimate Chiefs man cave, well, you you better have this. And it's a lot less than a a Super Bowl ticket for sure. With all the great, the logos uh, from the Super Bowl are going to be on it. Stadium history, Mahomes and Kelsey stats, uh, everything. Uh, It's the ultimate. And talk about gifts. Father's Day is right around the corner. Birthdays, if you got a Chiefs fan, this would be the perfect gift as well. Right, Bob? It sure is, you know, and uh, I, I should also make sure that, you know, we will update this, and hopefully if the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs can go ahead and win this thing, we will put Super Bowl champions on it and, and uh, of course, be back with you next week when you return from Vegas and talk a little bit about it because our goal is to sell everything out and raise a lot of money for this charity. 
Yeah, it'll be perfect. And again, the charity, uh, the Court Appointed Special Advocates of Jackson County. It's Jackson County CASA, and that stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates, uh, community volunteers who advocate for children to help them find a safe and stable and permanent home. A portion of the proceeds will go to that, so you're giving back to the community as well. Again, call 800-345-2868. That's one 800 Three four five twenty eight sixty eight, or find them online at NicoSports.com. Nico is N I K C O Sports.com. NicoSports.com. Bob, you're the man. We can't wait to see these beautiful footballs, and look forward to talking to you uh, next week when we're talking about the championship. Hey, Soren, listen, travel safe, have a good time out in Vegas, and uh, stay away from those casinos, will you? I will do it. I will do it. You're the man. Uh, Bob Dunk from Nyko Sports. Uh, great opportunity for everybody. Again, NikoSports.com, N-I-K-C-O Sports.com, or call 1-800-345-2868. Back more with the program next. All right, four players have had three sacks in a single Super Bowl. Name any one of them. Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.